0: Hey everybody, this is Frame by Frame, and uh, this is a little bit of a plug before the show starts. So, here you go. Are you ready? You can find us at iTunes Store by searching for us there, Frame by Frame, separate words, under the podcast category. Look for our logo and then subscribe. You can listen to our podcast directly with SoundCloud, which is at the SoundCloud website, Frame by Frame 2. You can bookmark the website where you can actually find all the above links at roastedportions.com, follow us on Twitter at framebyframe78, all one word, and you could also go to framebyframe78 with the Facebook group and interact with us there on all our exciting little ponderings during the week when we're actually not podcasting. So please, check us out, subscribe, follow, bookmark, support, listen, and enjoy. This is Frame by Frame, I'm with the show. Oh, what a day! What a lovely day! you talking to me?
1: Did you have a brain tumor for breakfast?
2: Well, who the hell are you talking to? You talking to me? How no, funny how. I mean, funny. am I'm, I'm Peter Vinkler. No, we all go a little mad sometimes. That time,
3: You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I
0: want the truth! You can't handle the truth! And the clock is running! Oh, that's snappy. One line. Yeah, I don't think I had it last time. I think I missed it in the love and mercy. Did you? yes I can't remember yeah I'm not sure but I that got was there. just
1: overtaken by the beauty of Brian Wilson
0: it was a it was a one to remember definitely it was a milestone episode love that yeah I've 80 listens to it I think have we? I have not checked the stats or is it 40? <laughs> is it forty eighty? 80? well it's got a little bit of a curl in the number I'm not sure but hey, hey everybody take a listen silence on a podcast it's great yeah no you, children no children and I, I feel quite chilled I feel quite relaxed I'm not going to be looking over my shoulder to see if see 85 uh, 85 where am I looking oh that's down the bottom bum. there woo it's overtaking the Insidious within four days yeah <laughs> it's pretty good that's alright yeah who, who out there is listening because we want to know we want to know who's listening
1: why aren't you emailing us frame by frame 78 at gmail.com
0: get on twitter come on tell us what you really think what you feel what you would like us to talk about next you know just throw, throw a little bit out there come on yeah come on come on, come on, come on feel on. us yeah. uh, as for facebook nah um nah, so okay. what are we going to talk about today well, I think
1: um, we'll be talking about Mad Max, won't we?
0: It's long overdue, don't you think? Yeah, yeah.
1: We didn't want to jump on the bandwagon like everyone else has talking about Mad Max, so we thought we'd wait till no one's talked
0: about Mad Max, and I we thought we'll have a chat about Mad Max. You see, a lot of the lot of the reviews that, that, that have come out are looking for, at Mad Max, um, not from a nostalgia st- um, standpoint, which is the reason why Mad Max is out again. You yeah. know, it's a nostalgia film. But a lot of the people who reviewed it... Um, have no clue about what the originals were or what they actually meant. Right. Um, so I was—I've never been excited about a film, well, not for a long time. Right. Uh, as much as I was with Mad Max coming out, and I've watched it a, a, a few times, and I really, really dig it. I really love it. Yeah. I knew—I knew exactly what it was going to be, and it, it didn't let me down. My name is Max.
3: Road warriors searching for a righteous cause.
0: War boys!
3: Return my treasures to me. We're not going back. Come with us.
2: What do you suppose he's gonna do?
0: Kevin.
3: Mad Max Fury Road,
1: May 15th. It's staggering the what they've achieved with it
0: it's visual it's a visual yeah it's I
1: mean um, mean the there's nothing the stunts are incredible
0: yeah I mean they really went uh, the the whole hog with this one no there's hardly any uh, kind of CGI really I mean a lot of the yeah I've seen some of the sort
1: of VFX shots there on YouTube and it is like mainly just colour saturation maybe
0: they put some fire in that wasn't there that kind of thing there might have been an explosion where they had a close up of a character that was done in pickups maybe
1: yeah but when you see a guy jump from one car to another car, a guy actually jump, jump. from one car to another car. It when you see all guys
0: from... strapped to, uh, to the front fender of a car and yeah. um, playing electric guitars. With fire billowing out of the top. Wasn't that amazing? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but oh, thing, one, one. I mean, it, it's, yeah, I mean, the colour of it. I mean, we, we've got it, it's just this, this pure redness to it yeah. the, the hue of it was is, was outstanding i haven't seen that color in film to be fair mm. even what dreams may come come didn't quite get to that so i mean they could have done it really bleached out they could have gone the, the white sands direction yeah uh, but they didn't they rent really high contrast um no. color um but yeah so what's the concept of this film then okay the the concept is is that um Max really hasn't changed. I mean, the idea of still pretty mad, mad is, isn't he? Yeah, well, he's he's not so much mad as internally t- pissed off. You know, yeah. um, mad, of course, everybody knows the story of Mad Max. I mean, at the, every the start of every movie kind of has a bit of a a voiceover from Max, just kind of explaining who he is and where he is and what's going on.
3: My name is Max. My world is fire and blood. Oil wars.
2: We are killing for gasoline. gasoline. The world is
3: actually running out of water. Now yeah, there's the water wars. Water wars. Once, I was a cop, a road warrior searching for a righteous cause. The terminal out point. Fenders gone rogue. Terrorizing us. Thermonuclear skirmish. The earth is sour. Our bones are poisoned. We
0: have become half life
3: As the world fell. Each of us in our own way was broken. It was hard to know who was more crazy. Me
0: or everyone else. A little bit of a a preface, you know, just to kind of cover things. Um, When it's a simple, the the thing is, it's very simple. You know, he used to be a cop. Um, Stuff went wrong. I mean, nothing's actually explained as to why everything's gone to shit. Mm. But the whole world is obviously just no longer running on dystopian any... Dystopian future again. It's, it's a dystopian future. I think there was probably a war. I think right. it, I'm think i kind of guessing war because of, um, at the end of the third film, we kind of pass over Sydney and it's just a ruin. Um, But really, I mean, it, it starts off kind of like a normal, slightly post-apocalyptic, we didn't go that far with the first film. It was Everybody was still kind of having... There were still gas stations, there were still shops, there was still a life yeah. to be had.
1: I remember it's a while since I've seen the originals but I remember the first time I watched the very first Mad Max film thinking it shouldn't be called Mad Max it should be called Mad Goose Mad Goose because he was the crazy one he was the crazy one and it was more about him
2: really we know who you are France we'll see you on the road Skag we'll see you on the road like we saw the Night Rider we remember the Night
3: Rider and we know who you are
0: yeah, and the revenge of uh, of his yeah. death, you know. Well, yeah, Goose Goose was very strong. But then there is a duality in these films. It's like in the first film, it was about Goose. In the mm-hmm. in the Fury Road, it was about Cherie's Farron
1: Yeah, Fury also
0: And um, um, weird also, yeah, which was kind of uh, I suppose it's it's to kind of stop herself from burning from the heat. And uh, it's one of those. Uh, and and uh, Thunderdome was all about um, Tina Turner. Yeah, in a way, and and. Master Blaster, um, and number two, the best one no. Out of the original three. I'd say it was the it was the, probably the most like, uh, interesting of them all. I mean, it had the feral kid in it, and, yeah. he, and he was incredible. That kid um, with his boomerang of death. <laughs> Um, I, th- I think the second one was more about Max, yeah. than it was any other film. I think the other films kind of had a bit of a he was kind of like observing um, another character going through um, what he did. And I think Mad Max, the first one was you know, obviously, goose dies, and um, you know he gets a little bit pissed off, but he really, really loses it when his wife and child get mowed down yeah. by Tokata and his gang. That would annoy you. That would really really put me on a bit of a spin
3: somewhere on the abandoned highways of tomorrow where law is another word for vengeance I'm going in its where justice is a forgotten memory The lies shattered in the ruins of civilization. I am the I am the a- Somewhere up ahead, a hero is waiting. Max. The crack interceptor for the main force patrol. every life is on the line and every turn in the road brings you face to face with a new kind of terror (laughs) Mad Max pray that he's out there somewhere
0: but yeah I mean let's talk about the the, first of all the Mel Mel Gibson uh, portrayal of Max okay this was kind of like Mel Gibson's first you know starring role, in a way. Yeah, yeah. He'd, he'd done a couple of things before.
1: He'd done um, a lot of TV stuff, hadn't he?
0: He'd done a, Yeah, he'd done a lot of... Um, uh, yeah, TV movies, Australian. And uh, he, his first film was actually with Steve Bisley, who played Goose um, in some uh, in the film Summer City, and he had his first screen kiss in uh, Summer City with Steve Bisley.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, it was a gay thing, wasn't
0: it? No, uh, no, 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 it wasn't a gay thing at all. It was actually a, a heterosexual um, smack on the lips for, uh, for the sake of being... Fun and goofy. Oh, was that all right? yes okay. It was a. Uh, um, I think uh, Goose was uh, having a bit of a fondle in a car, and um, Mel Gibson comes up to the window and goes, I got your
3: bloody number. Poor guy set off on a wild bucks weekend out to make the most of everything and anything. Oh, the little mark with all the lip, eh? If it walks and talks, they'll be right into it. Chicks, booze starring John Jarrett as Sandy, who thinks he knows exactly what he wants. Boy,
0: show me ladies like that, and I'll be glad to get married any time.
3: Mel Gibson and Steve Bisley, as Boo and Scallop. They know exactly what he's going to get. What a joke. Phil Avalon as Robbie. All he wants is a good time.
0: But they go surfing, and they have a bit of a heterosexual smack on the lips in the back of the car. That's mm-hmm. it. So there you go. His first screen kiss was with Goose. But yeah, so back to Mad Max. And so the, yeah, so the first film is pretty much a very a basic plot you know there's a gang that are out there causing havoc all the police force can't handle it so Max Ratatouille I've forgotten his last name um, goes chasing after them and uh, the he his first
1: becomes, name's Mad
0: the second name's Max okay Mad Max goes chasing <laughs> after this gang and they, it all turns nasty once wife and child die and then he just yeah. that's it he's going to get them all including the, the dude who started it all off and um, you know and uh there's that classic line at the end where he's chained to this this car that's that's about to explode and uh mad max hands him the uh, hacksaw and says you've got two choices mate
2: the chain in those handcuffs is high tensile steel it'll take you 10 minutes to hack through it with this now if you're lucky you can hack through your ankle in five minutes
0: you just see. It. You don't actually know what choice he made, and that's a, it's a great moment, and it's it, it kind of. But so which one was that? That was the first. That was that's the very thing. end. That was the last scene in the first movie, and it's just him driving off, and that's it. The and
1: end. does the second film pick up exactly where?
0: He doesn't. The second film basically picks up later on, where the um, I think the, the the second film is about Gasoline.
3: This is what it has come to.
0: Look! help They're coming
3: back! Come on! Move it! Here is where it shall be decided. Here it is. Greetings from the Us! In a world without gas. The Us rules the wasteland! I'm gravely
2: disappointed that you wish to take the gasoline out of the wasteland
3: defend the fuel we'll never walk away give me the pump the gasoline the whole compound this is a land that prays for a hero well if anyone's gonna get in there it's
0: gonna be you they all wanted it and uh, they were kind of refining it keeping it stored within these little gangs but yeah the second one was probably a a good ten years maybe got a bit of grey a bit of hair he got a dog and uh, he kind of like he lives in his car Um, and yeah the whole I think the apocalyptic uh, side of things slid downhill um, up to the second film where everybody suddenly became punk Um, uh, real (laughs) neo-punk and it's really it's quite an interesting uh, the second one it's um, like I say it's more Mad Max central
1: yeah um, so what's it so what is the, the main plot of the second one?
2: Max. It's a long time since I've seen driving like that man.
3: The warrior of the road.
2: You're okay by me, pal. Gonna hand it to you, Treasure. The last of the V8 interceptors. Every day we get weaker while they get stronger. Do you wanna get out of here? You talk to me. Hey. to do the job i need some high octane gasoline got yourself a deal
3: you can run but you can't hide.
2: gonna crash or crash through
3: i was wrong about you i'm sorry when all that's left is one last chance pray that he's still out there somewhere Too.
0: Max finds himself in the stronghold of, of the opposing gang, who are kind of like the, the the good people, and he he kind of promises to help them by driving the truck, uh, by driving the tanker, uh, and doing some stuff that pisses the other gang off I have absolutely no idea what the second film's about okay but but, uh, but I don't... does that matter no but do... that's the thing it doesn't matter because you can just watch it it's a yeah. spectacle and the, the the plot really doesn't matter and, and, and for a person like me who actually really believes in story, plot structure, design uh, for me to like these movies is kind of weird because it's very surface
1: mm.
0: but there you go what can you say
1: I think if um, if a film's done well with conviction I don't think it matters that's it you know what I mean if um, like this this new one as far as I can tell he's just trying to get away from a load of people yeah and he ends up helping those women escape doesn't
0: he yeah he starts he suddenly has a, um, a motivation to do something uh, to help somebody else instead of helping himself yeah and that, that's what Mad Max is about. I mean, he always starts off his films being, you know, I, I'm in it for myself. Why should I help you? But then there's always, I'm like this this nagging thing in his in his mind that it's just I've got to help somebody now.
1: There's a lot of talk with this new one about how pro-feminist it is with Furiosa being such a strong female character.
0: And um, yeah, and I think that uh, I had a context uh, studies teacher back in the college days who would probably say that she had to grow a penis in order to to be. That kind of a character that that women uh, can't just be strong without actually being um, having guns strapped to them or having that masculinity mm. attached to them, and she argued that about Sigourney Weaver having a penis in in, in Aliens that she she couldn't just be a woman, and and and, and I, I, that drove I like me crazy.
1: Linda Hamilton in. So yeah to
0: they they had to suddenly take on the persona of of uh, of a man, but I don't think that's true. I think you take on the persona of somebody who is who is focused and yeah it's just and you know so i I argued with this contextual studies teacher a lot about all this crap that she came up with um but, yeah. it, it,
1: it it's to be, with fury also she's a strong woman yeah there's no Penis envy going on there.
0: Yeah, I mean, what the, well, I think what she wants is them to stop off at a bathroom every so often, or yeah, you know, but, look, look for feminine hygiene products, or maybe kind a, of after, like after
1: a battle, they all do have a pedicure. And...
0: They have to have, but but then that that kind of brings in the sexism of saying, well, you can't do that because. But then, you you, you de- basically they're pretty much de-sexed anyway. Mm. I mean, Max is no different to her. Yeah. In, in, in that sense, they're not looking at each other and going, you know. I mean, he's, he's in a car, he's in a truck here full of women in this last film. So,
1: the women he's saving, though, were the sort of wife to the that bad guy.
0: The big bad guy big who bad was guy. Um, jo, uh, J- Jim, Joe, Joe, Immortal Joe, <laughs> Immortal Joe, who uh, very
1: Australian,
0: Immortal Joe. <laughs> I'll tell you what, my accent's popping up every so often because I'm when I'm thinking about Australia, when I'm thinking Australian, You've Australian cinema. Yeah. I kind of merge into it, and I've kind of become, you know, it's 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 kind of it's just encompassing. It just yeah. it, it pulls me in. Um, but yeah, that, uh, the, sorry. Incidentally, the guy who plays Immortal Joe is the same actor who played uh, the Toe Cutter in the original movie, the big right. gang member. Right. And you can tell they kind of look alike. Yeah. You know, it's the same actor. Um. So kudos for him coming on board to do this movie because it it, it kind of brings it back home. Mm. Um. But yeah, so the, those women are the are the brides for this for this really creepy ghost like character who is a, a leader of all these people. Um, believe it or not you know that they actually rely on him for the water yeah um, so yeah this one's it's either, all, it's, it's either about water or gasoline about this and that's that's kind of the only two things that that mean anything in this when you're
1: watching this film you can almost smell the gasoline it's
0: but that's why I love it I think yeah. that's probably why I love it because they really do make the effort to make you really have a sensory overload yeah. um and no, action films can't do that very often they don't i mean even con air you know didn't do that for me you know for american kind of action and that's kind of the nearest thing to a mad max film i suppose
1: I yeah i suppose so um even though it was in the air <laughs> the new mission impossible looks like it might be like that
0: yeah a little bit more rogue roguish it was called Rogue Nation isn't it <laughs> well, but
1: you go rogue, everybody Mission Impossible someone goes rogue don't uh, they uh, yeah they have but, to but um, have you seen the trailer to it
0: I have and he's kind of clinging onto the side of the airplane he actually he did said, that wrong door he yeah he actually should, did, that. did that yeah yeah that's him <laughs> he
1: actually did that so when it obviously he'll be strapped on and safe was but Travolta he, he flying that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I'd like to say, Scientology I'd like to, think, I'd like to think that Travolta was flying because he he, he could then there would be that that bond of trust between them that, yeah. hub- that Hubbard was been looking after them
1: well I was reading a, <laughs> a, an interview with uh, Simon Pegg and there's this scene where well there's a part in it where there's a really great car chase and um, apparently like he said to the stuntman like are, are you not going to be doing this he went no no no, no, one, no one can drive like Tom and Tom did the actual car chase
0: but do you know like, kudos to him me. I, I mean Tom, Tom Cruise he, he gets a lot of flat because of of, 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 of Scientology and all that and it always seems to come up and that's a shame that I actually I'm a part of that, you know, thing. But, you know, when you look I at think him, he's an amazing he's guy. He's, he's a, a, good, a d- good actor, and he
1: gets in there, like, when he's on, what's, in that Mission Impossible 3? Yeah. Uh What's that, the highest building in the world, what's it called? In, uh... in, in, in
0: Tokyo?
1: No, it's in uh, Dubai. No, in Dubai. Oh, yeah. The the, the big building thing. Well, they <laughs> did that with the role the, fighting on the outside of it, and he actually did that
0: this is what I like to see I like to see the Harold Lloyd of, of today you know and, and maybe he is the Harold Lloyd of today Jackie Chan's
1: the Harold Lloyd of today is he?
0: Oh, is he okay no. yeah okay.
1: okay that's why I love Jackie Chan films so much because when you see something mental happen you think he did that he
0: did that have Tom Cruise and Jackie Chan ever made a movie together no maybe they should do you, do you know? think one of them would die probably <laughs> it would be like yeah duel to the death Tom then.
1: would do something and then Jackie will have to do something better than that
0: yeah they'll be up in each other when in. they did police <laughs> story 3
1: um, Michelle Yeoh did this stunt where um, she, she jumped off uh, on a motorbike she, she actually did it herself she jumped off the side of this thing and landed on top of a train and Jackie saw it and thought right I'm going to have to pull out the bag now so what he did is dangle from a helicopter without any straps or anything and got and then went round Hong Kong just holding on to the ladders of this helicopter.
0: Oh my God. Just to go one further. Just to go one further. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I like that. I mean, it's 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 you know it's healthy, I think, in, in film. As long um, as it wasn't saying, I'm not having a girl beat me. That's something else. I hope yeah, not No, 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 no. I don't think he would. Uh, he's not like that. I don't surely. think so.
1: Yeah, he's not Bill Cosby. But that's the thing, um, <laughs> Cosby, don't get me started. But, so, do you think you have that level with Mad Max, the level of the actors? Because wh- when you see him strapped to the, the front of that car, yeah, it looks yeah. like it's him.
2: Obviously, a guy didn't go and hit a, a truck head-on. We kind of made a chicken-wire version of the tow cutter put his helmet on, his uniform on, put the bike up, uh, up on kind of stilts, broke up the bike and uh, kind of glued it together with gaffer tape and stuff like that. And then we had the truck. Now, I remember, we had such a low budget. The, we, the, the, the truck driver turned up with his truck, his, his rig, and um, he said, I can't smash into that. So we put a plate on the front of the truck, and if you look at it carefully, you can see at the last moment, one of the art directors painted on the grill and the headlights. so you can see it's painted, but everyone in the movie is watching the tow cutter as he gets hit.
0: Right. There was a, a, a lot of injuries, a lot of a staggering amount of injuries. Um, in fact, incidentally, Vic Moreau uh, in the Twilight Zone. Um, was actually mass- uh, was chopped to death by the propellers as it as a helicopter fell out of the sky, killed him and the two children who were with him on the really? ground. Yeah, um, th- there was a, that was that was the when he that was in the Twilight Zone, in the Twilight Zone, the movie when they were going from time frame to time frame. The reason why I mention this is that uh, George Miller directed uh, one of the other films in that uh, in that um, uh, collection of movies. I can't remember who directed that one. If it was Tobe Hooper. Or, um, I,
1: yeah, I want to say to Pooper. does that have the... when there's two of them in the car? Is that right? And they say, like, uh, uh, I, I could scare you or something? Yeah, so that's you know, the one. And then he turns his face when he turns around. Yeah. Like, uh,
0: it's, uh, yeah, it's Dan Aykroyd and yeah, Dan Albert Aykroyd, Brooks. Yeah, that was it. Albert Brooks as well. Um, but then, then you got, like, four different stories, I think. Yeah. But George Miller directed um, John Lithgow, um, um something at 20,000 feet, um terror at twenty thousand feet or something like that. Right, right. Okay. It's the monkey on the wing of the plane story. Um so he directed that one. And I think Tob Hooper directed the one with Vic Morel where he's going through different time zones and he in this one this was the Vietnam sequence, which was actually cut out of the movie right. completely because Vic Morel died, so they ended up having to tie the story up a bit so, right, okay Um so yeah, I mean people do die doing stunts and people do die do die not doing stunts, being a victim of other stunt. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I can imagine that this film probably had they had a lot more control because they had a lot of money as well to kind mm. of make sure that the safety precautions were in place. The first f- first two films, they didn't have so much safety incident, and they just had really, really, really good people doing the work.
2: Yeah. Well, the tanker roll, you know, that was the climax of the movie, and. I was worried about the stunt. I'm always worried about hurting somebody. And Dennis Williams, who was a truck driver and also driving the truck, he said, well, I've actually done it in real life. I have rolled a truck in many years on the road. And he did it. And uh, when I saw it and it landed in front of our cameras, I was really, really, really happy. And if you look at the movie, too, there's a moment when the door gets ripped off. If you look, you'll see Dennis, the truck driver, there, between his legs because the gears were getting stuck that's the guy who rolled the track
0: and that's what i admire i think it, it's you know you've got to admire being able to to make a film as brave as this to not hollywoodize it to keep it yeah keep it australiana i mean australian cinema i mean it, it's for what it is mad max is the one thing that kind of projected it forward Mad Max really made... It put Australia on the map for a place to make films. Um, it, it gave it a unique look and a feel and a unique accent that everybody kind of was fascinated with. And I think it just projected it.
1: Yeah, because really, there's not a great output of Australian cinema.
0: Well, Australian cinema, in, in historical... When you look at it historically, it was the f- it was actually making movies... Uh, full feature length movies silent movies before Hollywood mm. um, which is quite astonishing you know they were actually doing the features before Hollywood actually jumped on board then Hollywood became big it became this thing and then everybody in Australia started to just keep buying over because they were cheaper to buy and they yeah. weren't they, start, they kind of weren't making so much the majority of the Australian films uh, up until America um, took over with Hollywood were kind of pioneer films about uh, a, you know the, the James Cook the, uh, the, the pioneers of Australia and everybody was kind of like watching that and they got a bit bored because Hollywood started to bring out these glamorous,
1: mm.
0: huge spectacles that were fascinating so then Australian cinemas tried to kind of do that and, and uh, throughout the 20s and 30s 40s they were trying to emulate Hollywood but then, of course, when World War II came along, um, they stopped making movies completely.
2: Unlike Hollywood, Cinesound stopped making feature films until the war was over. With Aussie soldiers overseas and the battle to keep spirits up
0: at home, Cinesound put all their movie-making money into making newsreels. And um, so, what Australia does is it kind of doesn't have like this 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 line of, of making movies and then a bit of a drop literally it's just a okay stop making movies completely and then the same thing happened when television came out in the 50s every australian said "Ah, oh, forget the cinema We get this tv now we can watch this at home
2: of course during the 1950s australian films virtually disappeared movie houses went broke across the country as audiences headed home to watch the box The collapse was
0: so complete, many Australians forgot that we'd ever made films. Cinema Mm. literally just stopped until the 70s. Because
1: I I listened to a podcast called The Weekly Planet, and they're from Australia, Mm. and they openly admit that most Australian movies are rubbish. But it's
0: because they just haven't had a chance to... uh... Well, they said when they were were
1: growing up, it was mainly British TV they watched like Red Dwarf and The Bill and things like that you know that's
0: it like I say but I mean from the 50s until the 1974 I think uh, around about that time where they literally just weren't making hardly any movies people weren't watching Australian movies they were watching television and um, it it picked up in the 70s and of course the difference between our film industry and American film industry and the Australian film industry is that that pure and I look at that it's just incredible staggering stuff is that Australian films are all funded by the government. Literally they pull all their funding from from government um, f- film funding associations. Right. None of it they don't have studio. Whoop, they don't have the studio set up. Any studio in Australia is American funded. Right. USA it's all you know um, it's like Fox Studios Sydney. That's that's California. You know that's that, that's their money, that's their business. But Australian films, purely Australian films, are all funded by the government. And, you know, I think they're trying to change that now, but, well, that's basically the... Uh, histori- the history, history of history. The
1: Australian cinema? Yeah. Condensed into at- five minutes?
0: In a nutshell. Um, but to actually see that and understand it, you kind of get to understand where Australian cinema is and why it focuses so much on the Outback. Mm. Why all, all of their most successful films are about the Outback.
1: I once watched an Australian film. It was like the Australian Goonies, I think. I tried mm-hmm. to pen it, pen it as that all mm-hmm. I remember? Is something called Donkey
0: Gin? Donkey Gin. And it cool. was
1: it was about um, someone, if you swim in this certain lake, you die, <laughs> right? And I've um, watched this already. I just remember <laughs> being really good. there was like this folklore against this this um, this, this, this 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 like reservoir, and um, I just remember that like. Um, at the end of it it ended up just being like an old sort of um, truck or something that was under there and when it sort of came up and went back down everyone thought it was like a like a, a, like a monster it is. yeah it's that's, that's just
0: fascinating just yeah. trying to find out what it is um, is, a, is a film about um, a kid that flies with his uncle and the plane crashes and the, uh, the uncle dies and the kid literally has to survive and find his way across the outback on right. his own, which is like Walkabout, which is where you got two children uh, walking across the outback and uh, and you know picking up a friend who's an aborigine who of uh, the the boy who was actually on Walkabout. And those films just fascinate me. I mean, the thing is, the storylines are impressive. That's just somebody wants to get from A to B to C. That's all. All they are these road movies, like Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Yeah, which is, is just a very good a, film. A great film, but it's 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 another road movie. It's about characters wanting to get from A to B. I thought it was places that. Sparse. Massive, yeah.
1: and then but well, there's very little population. I yeah. suppose, that, yeah, it makes sense.
0: An Australian movie that's just based in Melbourne is not a very interesting movie because people want to see them go somewhere because it's such a huge place mm. and it's a fascinating place. Um, so yeah, a lot of it is based on that kind of uh, of on the idea of journeys, and I think that probably why a cinema in Australia kind of fascinates me a little bit because of that. Oh, I think I found it. I think he's found it. You see, we actually managed to talk through a, a moment where we're actually searching for it's a poem title. the quest.
3: <gasps> Cody is an adventurer about to discover the secret of frog dreaming. Gaza, what do you know about a pond five miles east of Devil's Knob?
2: You promise me you'll stay away from that pond.
3: Do you believe in monsters?
0: Some for twenty years. I was married to one. I think that could be it, yeah. It's got Henry Thomas from ET. Yeah, that's
1: Frog Dreaming. That's what. It's another title for it.
0: And then you've got um, the quest with Jean Claude Van Damme and Roger Moore. <laughs> Roger Moore. <laughs> yeah, Van Damme, Roger Moore. They don't even have to have his full name, do they? Mm-hmm. And then you've got the quest: five friends, four days, three nights, uh, two women. Okay. Uh, with a, Very different. a sexy lady on the front. It's the uh, in the tradition of American Pie, The Quest. So, yeah. But we'll we'll see if we can find that Australian one and maybe uh, yeah, well, we'll have another. Because I think Australian films are worth talking about, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, back to Mad Max. We could talk about Mary Poppins as well.
1: Because Dick Van Dyke's English accent is Australian, isn't it?
0: I was
3: curious, too, in that movie, uh, you do a British accent in that movie and I realised that I borrowed your... Whenever anybody comes on the show who's from the United Kingdom... And, and it could be anybody. It could be Dame Judy Dench. It could be Hugh Laurie. I say, hey, Governor, oh, <laughs> and they get so mad at me. And I said, I learned that from Dick Van Dyke. Oh my <laughs> God!
2: I, if somebody from the UK sees me, they're on me like a pack of wolves. Uh, I mean, it was the worst Cockney accent ever done. But I was the guy who taught me was an Irishman. You know, <laughs> yeah. Pat O'Malley. So now I, I made up a story. I said it wasn't Cockney. It's from a. A little obscure county in the north of England. A few Cockneys moved up there, you know, in the 1800s, and it's, you, you probably would never hear it again.
3: So, <laughs> so you were completely lying to people. Oh, oh so, really, the British get angry when they see you. They and, and uh, do you ever give it to them right in the? That's what I've done so many times, right in their face. I go like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." <laughs> Sweating a you, chimney you for Oh, I, I will. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he's he's uh, Good day, Mary Poppins. Good day, Mary Poppins. What <laughs> are we doing today, mate? <laughs> yeah. Come on. Let's let's go wash some pots. Yeah, And it up if down. you can if you can ring your wring your little um your, your cloth out. Run a, J, a little bit of a root. <laughs> come on, Mary, come on. Come on, give it to me, baby. Come on, Mary, 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 Mary. Uh, Mad yeah. Max is uh <laughs>
1: <laughs> You sort <started> of spitting <laughs> <laughs>
0: I thought that was fun. I enjoyed doing that. It's because we've got no kids here. I feel like I can yeah be free, you're liberated. And, um, so yeah, Mad Max is yeah. I'm to be honest, there's really not too much you can really say beyond it being such a spectacle, a fun film. Well, it's,
1: in, it's incredible what they what they've
0: achieved through it. And how, how Mark Miller's in his seventies now, isn't he? He is. Yeah. I mean, he he, hasn't, he hasn't stopped working. Yeah. Now. Um, What do you think of Tom Hardy as Max Ratatouille? Uh, I thought he was okay. Yeah, he was good. I'm not sure about the
1: Australian accent.
0: I don't don't know. He didn't really use it that much, luckily. But um, I think his look is very... I mean, he doesn't look Tom Hardy-ish. Tom Hardy is kind of a bit of a... More of a pre boy, kind of a pursy lip kind of a face. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think it's it's probably one of his better roles. Mm.
1: He's sort of in everything at the minute, isn't he? yeah he's he's coming down with the chris the Chris Pratt syndrome of like oh yeah. people like him, let's put him in everything
0: um yeah I think Tom Hardy is being overused, but maybe that's just the way Hollywood is at the moment. They did it with um uh, see the thing is there's a fear of being forgotten about, yeah, and I think they want to just kind of keep him in our memory as much as possible, but I think he's doing all right yeah no uh,
1: this is it's a remarkable film
0: this is his thing I think this is more his thing than than hmm. um, than doing romantic comedies or anything like that yeah especially he's, a,
1: he's more suited to this isn't he
0: yeah I mean I, I think Mel Gibson was also really good at reaching out to him and uh, going to the premiere they we went to the premiere and they they kind of like just had a good chat and they talked about it I think there was a, more of a passing of the torch they always have to do that I think it's yeah. nice that they, that he did that and um, so what, what, where do you see Mel Gibson's future this is interesting. Let's talk about a bit, a bit, a bit about the uh, the reactionary bigot Mel Gibson. <laughs> he's he's had it slammed hard um, over the last ten years, and I think that his supporters, uh, the people who actually stay behind him, and Robert, Robert Downey Jr. is always behind him because Mel Gibson saved his career, yeah, saved him from becoming uh, obscure and in uh, Hollywood, and actually pu- pulled him out of the and I think Robert Downey Jr tried to do the same for him Jodie Foster is a huge advocate of uh, Mel Gibson Mm. Um, he's a talented guy he is you know what I mean um, you've you've had a chat
1: with him right well sort of it wasn't really a chat it was um, Skype call it was very strange a friend of mine was helping his friend who was developing this technology that was to go with Blu-ray discs. So gotcha. say if you're watching something, can you say something, it's product placement gone madder. On an ethical level, I didn't like it. But say you're watching a Bond film and he's got the latest thing, you can click on it and all of a sudden it'll come up where you can buy it You know, it's it's linked to the internet, so you're watching a Blu-ray disc, but you click on something, it'll come up where you can buy it. You can buy it on eBay for this, and it was the technology developed. Got that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Mel Gibson's company was interested in it.
0: Icon are interested in developing that. Yeah.
1: So we, I was upstairs in uh, because my friend's a drum teacher, so we're in his um, his room, and he just had the we were talking to him, and I was talking about movies and saying, "Oh, this technology is like amazing," but I'm trying to remember saying to him, "It's a bit." you know we're always moaning about product placement in films this is like taking it to the next level yeah, yeah. anyway as we were talking the laptop went you know what and he was oh sorry i'll just get this he clicked on it mel gibson me and andy just went you just shut up don't you yeah and he was like hi mel weren't expecting a call from you kind of thing and we're like and he's like oh yeah yeah hi guys hi guys and we're like Hello, Mel Gibson on, on, on the laptop there, <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah, and then Andy's like, and then Andy's mate just sort of like, uh, we we should, you know, can you leave us to have a private conversation? Yeah, yeah, okay, bye, Mel Gibson. T- thanks for calling you didn't, Mel you didn't Gibson. Say that. You didn't say that, did you? Yeah, no. I said bye Mel Gibson and then just walked out of the room. Fuck
0: No, you didn't say that. I did? Oh I mean, my god. Bye Mel Gibson. I don't give you a You were lost bit, man. You'd lost it. Because you were such a left turn of the traffic light, so I'd expect you. You won't, I know, I mean I'm, what would you do? I mean i I I would I don't know, it's a it's a freaky thing, but I mean, he does have a power. There is an enigma about him. I mean but but the idea, I mean, is he into Hollywood for making films Or is he into just making money? I mean, is that really? Is he? Does he have a love of film? But obviously, with this venture for Icon, he's got more of you know he's got to think business and trying to think of you know how to keep things going. Is this a means to an end for making good films? I
1: don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Because the last film I've seen him in was uh, one of the Expendables films, the last Expendables film. Which actually, he's really good in it. He plays a menacing dirtbag really well. I think he's a good good actor and he's a a talented filmmaker for all its faults Braveheart's technically good yeah yeah. you know The Passion of the Christ for all its faults is technically good Apocalypto Uh, Apocalypto I actually really enjoyed Apocalypto yeah I thought it was a good film
0: it's it's basically he was not afraid in that era since Braveheart until until everything kind of went downhill for him he was not about to make a Hollywood make a Hollywood film uh, anymore, he wanted to make a film that was risky. Yeah, ourselves film. He took risks, absolutely, and that you got to admire. You got to admire Price that.
1: being like a two-hour torture scene.
0: Jeez, I, I I couldn't watch it. I actually, I, I'm not very good with torture myself anyway. I prefer not to have it. <laughs> I prefer <laughs> I prefer to avoid it when necessary.
1: Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, so this is like a unique survival plan I worked out for myself. Don't <laughs> so, get
0: tortured. Yeah. Live longer that's it but I think I can't watch Saw films um, because I, I I don't see the point in watching them to me that's torture porn um, it is I, and I'm not really I didn't into mind that. the first
1: Saw film
0: yeah but it, it just got it got too much torture porn and it's not really cinematic it's not filmic I mean uh, what's next do you actually go to a place and watch people
1: Actually no, with, do it, but yeah. well,
0: actually do it without with prosthetic limbs. They have to be limbless in order to kind of like then they come in and then they just chop the legs off. Yeah, it again, look. it's shock. you could really it's, just go shop, shop, shock crazy. Shocks, yeah.
1: yeah, for shocks' sake, as opposed to any having any kind of like, there's a reasoning here. You know, yeah, it's yeah, a, it's yeah. not like um, like prisoners. The huge Jackman film where he's torturing a guy because he's convinced that's the person who took his kid, and it mm-hmm. hasn't. It's not. It's not, the, it's not the same person who's tortured him. And it's a normal guy pushed to the limit because he's lost his kid. Yeah, yeah, that then you can sort of say right. You can see him losing it and why you do that. Yes, but not yeah. just stick. You know, there's some crazy guy who sticks people into torture devices and
0: yeah, <laughs> which is basically the sequel just... to say, shapes, um, Shades of Grey, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but there's this one. I remember, seeing <laughs> one where he was like, he's like? He, all his limbs are in wow. these like metal
1: cages, and then they just start twisting like that yeah and his bones start cracking out and he's just and it's like "Ah, yeah to be honest I mean no I mean it's not I've
0: been
1: I've been I've been been an advocate of not having bones popping out of anything since watching the fly you know the arm wrestling bit when he just cracked the bone out of it yeah
3: yeah.
1: I I thought I'm I'm done I don't need to see that anymore
0: when I saw them uh, yeah when they pulled um John Savage. Is it John Savage? I think they pulled out of the water in Deer Hunter and oh, he had his yeah, bone yeah. contusion. Yeah. Anything like that, I'm squeamish about. I mean, the Descent? I, uh, have you seen The Descent? I'm uh, not too sure if I remember it because oh, I'm. an amazing like,
1: film. boy. Yeah. She falls down that cavern and, and she's bones popping out of the leg yeah. and they have to pop it back in and then.
0: Oh my god. Yeah, but anything like that. And, and still, yeah, like 27 hours. Is it 27 hours or 37 minutes? Oh yeah, yeah. He has yeah, to chop yeah, the, his own arm off. James Franco, because film. It, uh, Because that became the film's. A main marketing thing you know do you but, want to, do you want to see somebody doing... cutting his arm off yes let's go watch this movie
1: but I guess with that it's what a survival that? film because it's a, it's a real film. guy it actually happened yeah and it actually did happen and the thing with that he was in a lot of pain getting through is when he had to snap the tendon that's yeah. when it like it, it looked like it looked they look like fun <laughs> did not look like fun
0: but that, that becomes the the, the the only focusing point of a film and I think that that's kind of not the way to go I mean the idea is a film about his survival don't make it just about oh that scene we're going to mm. wait for that scene to happen because that's what all those it's like basic instinct yeah, it's, it's like that like one scene
1: building up to the beaver
0: we're building up to the beaver and <laughs> we don't need to build up to any beavers it don't,
1: don't work on so many levels because beavers build dams. Not dams, dams. I don't dams. know where he's going with it. I don't know where I'm going with it
0: either. Carry on,
1: carry on. I'm intrigued. No, I'm just saying that uh, it works on many levels because a beaver builds dams <laughs> and you can build up to a beaver.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's bound to be a beaver on the top who's taking the stuff from the bottom.
1: Yeah. Building up to the beaver. Building up to the beaver. Are be we made under expression go. now? Yeah. This is a, so, Can that be my, my line? Building a, up to the beaver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've got, like, what's yours? The clock is running. Building up to the beaver. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. 25%. So Mad Max. <laughs> yeah. When did they build up to the beaver in this? Um so essentially right it is just a two hour long chase
0: it's a chill hour chase but it's a journey and it's I like journey, that but the thing it's... is they have to go back I mean that's the beauty of this film is that they, once they've done Fury Road they get to the end and they realise there's nothing there to be had Yeah. so then the, Max goes up to uh, Charlize and says you know what you know where you need to go we need to go right back to where we came from and take over the Citadel
1: and that's going to be the next
0: film and then that's what they did. They got back and they took. They haven't taken it over but they kind of oh, yeah, arrived, yeah, yeah, they yeah. arrived back there. Because they,
1: they're making another film, aren't they? I hope so. No, they are. It's been, yeah. it's been greenlit. And George Miller is oh, yeah. doing it. Or is Mark it, Miller. I'm remember. more
0: excited about this than I am superhero films and this is just as surface as they are in a way. Mm. But because, it, because it's not complicated. They haven't convoluted it with too many plot lines, too many side things. It is what it is. It's basic. Story and you kind of you're just there with them, and that's all that matters to me. I think when you're making a film like that,
1: I suppose so. Yeah, I agree with that. But I'm into the whole mythos of,
0: and that's probably what it is it, What you want to explore that world and you. I like it. I life. love it. I love why yeah. like,
1: this film is referencing this and that film's reference. Something's going to happen in two yeah. years and all that kind of stuff. And I like that. I'm excited to see yeah. where it goes. I think we're we'll beginning to see the end of this. Because Ant Man, even though it's like number one, it's probably the smallest opening for a Marvel film.
0: Yeah, the second, apparently the second smallest yeah. uh, in America. But uh, um, what other reviewers have actually said is that, uh, regardless of how bad it does in the US, it's about Europe and and the rest of the world. Yeah, in Asia. And, and that's the reason why it's so successful because there's so many people out there who who will watch it, rewatch it, and love it. And they're not necessarily as as, as critical about film. they you know, the mass the masses aren't really critical. They just want to go and have a goof off and watch a film and be entertained. Mm. Um so yeah, the reason why people haven't gone to see Ant Man in America is because it's not the main feature. It's like it's like it's not Pink Floyd you know it's like going
1: to see the Australian Pink Floyd
0: <laughs> Australian
1: I'm bringing it back to Australia see what I'm doing <laughs>
0: was there an Australian Pink Floyd
1: yeah yeah they're brilliant are
0: they oh, yeah cool. amazing wow
1: so if you can't see Pink Floyd because they'll never tour again you could just see Pink Floyd you can Just watch the Australian Pink Floyd
0: is it actually a guy called Floyd who's into
1: no no it's just the Australian Pink Floyd <laughs> Great. that's it and they have like the massive light show and big screens and stuff and it's an event
0: but we love Australia we love Australian films and I think that yeah I think I I'm definitely giving Mad Max Fury Road a pass. Um I could have given it a pass before I even watched it and that's I'm gonna I'm gonna
1: give it. it a merit. <laughs> so I've gone better than you. Oh yeah. So you've just passed it but I give it a merit. Okay. Distinction.
0: Fair enough. I mean we we no, covered, I think it looks amazing. Um We covered the sexuality, the gender thing, we covered the the action. Um, the The script that 's the thing about it isn't it uh, when you're watching it it's actual people
1: actually doing stuff very little CGI yeah and um what that's you, what I love in a film
0: yeah, what did you think i mean even the powdered guy who was actually part of that collective um, gang the, the guy who they who gets dragged along for the ride yeah even he has a story arc yeah and and, and he's yeah. interesting enough to to kind of yeah you know, he is interesting enough to to kind of be interested in. And interesting, <laughs> yeah. In, in, interestingly, interesting. Uh, and and he's you know he actually does things in here. He doesn't just blend in with the background and speak whenever he's been told to speak. You know, look, just then he's been given a a boot, and he, he's just they they keep him constant in the story. They're not just uh, standing around doing nothing. Interestingly,
1: that's Beast out of X
0: Men. Beast out of X Men,
1: really? Yeah, is it Smith Holt? His name, Joseph Holt. Oh, God. Oh, no. I don't know why I got he Scott. was in um, what's the film with? I Hugh, he makes beer with Hugh Grant when he's a bit of a knob. Oh, that doesn't d- really narrow it down, does it? Uh, about a boy. About a boy, it's him. Yeah, You're about a boy. The kid. Yeah,
0: that's him. But that's the kid. Yeah. Holy cow, that's interesting. There you go. Yeah. I think we'll end on that factoid. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. No. Yeah. Love it. Great film. Decent. More. Good One job. More. Keep going building up
0: to the beaver so we're going to end on the beaver I don't know we start on the clock is running we end on the beaver
1: okay but I suppose life begins at the beaver doesn't
0: it Mary 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 building up to the beaver
1: the beaver the beaver the beaver the
0: beaver we all need that moment in our lives where we are reminded about who we are and what we are about it can come to you as a taste a feeling but rarely does it become a place so tangible that it is life-changing a place where the deadlines are made by the seasons and order thrives in the vastness of biodiversity that place is australia Australia is a land where the urban culture is put in its place against a fortified landscape of beauty beyond comparison, a place that provides lessons within an unforgiving terrain. Desert, rocks, forest and coral, these are the custodians of a frontier that is crafted by evolution to an immense scale. The land is shaped impressively, as if still freshly touched by the stars that once created them. Visit Australia and see the many creatures that go their own way and yet live in harmony with each other as they encourage and influence the wisdom of Australia's people. Where else can life teach you about the challenge and reward, about trust, strength and the willingness to adapt and overcome? Find balance. Find yourself. Discover the ultimate destination. Australia.